Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Do you remember your childhood dreams? What did you really want to be? But what happens when your dream doesn't match reality? Today's podcast guest, Renee Cohen, saw her childhood dream come true, but led her to feeling purposeless and disconnected. So where do you go from there? Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Hey, 
Hey, it's Shauna here with some really exciting news. You can now listen to our entire back catalog completely ad-free, exclusively on Stitcher Premium. Check out all your favorite episodes of Millennial Money, like how to finally master the art of budgeting. In addition to the Millennial Money archive, you can also listen to every new episode ad-free, as well as tons of other ad-free Wondery shows with hundreds of hours of original content, audio documentaries, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of your favorite podcasts. You can sign up now for a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcherpremium.com slash Wondery and using the promo code Wondery. Then once you're signed up, you just download the Stitcher app for iOS or Android and start listening. That's stitcherpremium.com slash Wondery in promo code Wondery. I think it's pretty universal. We all wanted to be something, even something crazy and outrageous when we were kids. Oddly enough, my dream was to be a producer, which I know is kind of crazy for a kid to think that, but in a weird way, after a very long, windy road, I'm doing just that, but in a completely different way than I had imagined as a kid. What about you? What twists and turns have your life taken you on? As I mentioned, Renee, she's a lucky one. She got to fulfill her dreams of working in sports, which I'm completely jealous of because I'm a huge sports fan. But it left her totally drained and frustrated in her early 30s. Just like you, she knew she was a powerful, smart woman, but she needed the financial guidance and help on how to be smarter with her money. So she found so much power and freedom from what she discovered that she realized maybe her calling was just to share learnings, strategies, and resources to inspire, support, and help the next generation of women to financially thrive. I think that's a pretty good twist of things, don't you? So Renee, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. You have such a fun and fascinating story, so I'm so excited to chat with you. I am so excited to chat as well. I think that what you're doing is a great platform, and I'm excited to talk about money, which is both of our favorite topics. Yes, exactly. Well, I wanted to start out. You had a childhood dream of working in sports, and you thought that this dream would bring you happiness, wealth, all sorts of good stuff. Instead, you said you really felt disconnected and and purposeless. I, w- I would love to know, what are some of the powerful lessons that you learned from this time in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think I grew up a fanatical sports fan. I grew up in New York. I grew up uh, a fanatical Bulls, Chicago Bulls fan, for those of you that are, may not be um, sports fans. Even though I grew up in New York, I was a Chicago Bulls fan. And um, I grew up really loving uh, professional sports. I think being in that area, I wasn't really exposed to college sports as much as I was professional. And my eight-year-old self just like what I want to be when I grow up, and it was to run the NBA. And I don't <laughs> think I understood really what that meant, um, but just knew that I wanted to work in, in the NBA and, and, and maybe in some capacity in sports. Uh, I went to the University of Florida for undergrad. Because of my love for sports, uh, not just, uh, but uh, combining the sports with academics and, but knew that I wanted a school that I can see my sports team on TV and kind of get rally around that and, and have that college type of experience and um, being exposed to uh, college sports, especially at the level that the University of Florida, uh, especially the football team back then, 
um, was playing and just fanatical fans. I mean, I think I, I thought I was a fanatical Chicago Bulls fan. I just was so exposed to um, how crazy the, the football fans are in the South. So I really kind of switched when I was in college and said I wanted to work within the collegiate field and kind of pursued uh, working uh, internships in the collegiate field, whether that was at the University of Florida as a student and then uh, internships during the summer. Um, and then at, when I graduated, I worked for the University of Miami thinking that I wanted to be an athletic director. It was that internship where I realized that I didn't want that path, which led me to come to Los Angeles, mainly because I had family out here. And I had an uncle who was working in the entertainment field. And he said, hey, why don't you come out to L.A., work with work with me, see if you like the entertainment field. If not, then you can, you know, you're in Los Angeles and you can find something in sports. Didn't like working with my uncle. I found a job working at Fox Sports, which is where I was for nine years of my career. Um, it was a great opportunity, especially at the beginning part of my career. I think that that journey led me to not necessarily not be a fan of sports anymore, but I think that the vision that I had of being part of the sports industry really didn't fit me. And when I have hindsight and looking back, as I evolved as a person, I don't think it was fueling the parts of me that gave me purpose and that made me feel like I can impact um, either the Los Angeles community or the world. And that's kind of where I started to feel purposeless and didn't, and I felt disconnected. And I think it, it, what was the hardest part was that me navigating through those thoughts and did I fail myself, that eight year old self that wanted something that didn't feel like I was accomplishing that. And I think I ended up uh, really coming to the conclusion that that was something that I, I, I did accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. It just didn't fit me and serve me. And so as I went down uh, that soul searching journey, I knew that I, it, that I wanted to make a purpose and I wanted to make an impact. And then how did I pivot my career was going to be the next step. But sports for me was, it just made me feel I think it's because I felt like I wasn't accomplishing what I set out to do, which sounds crazy because I didn't want to run the NBA at that point <laughs> in my life. But that was the biggest, that was, it was more how my identity was also involved with my career. Yeah, I love that. You so many, so many gems there. Uh, first, I will not hold it against you that you were a Bulls fan because I was a Lakers okay. fan. So. <laughs> We, okay, thank you. <laughs> we had quite a rivalry, but I, I what I love about your story is it's funny because when I went to college, I, I sort of knew what I wanted to do, but at that time, Hannah Storm was like the female in the sports industry. And I was like, oh, I want to be the next Hannah Storm. And I, I knew every like NBA player's name. I was so into sports. I still am totally into sports. So I think it's really interesting that, that we have those parallels. But I, before we kind of move on to like the impact piece that you were talking about, I'd just love to get your thoughts because being a lover of sports myself, I still get frustrated that women aren't as prominent as men, whether it's in the sports or on the sidelines. Uh, and yet I still love to watch sports, but I'd love to know, like, what do you think it's going to take to change things for women in the sports world? Do you think we're ever going to make as much money as men or we're ever going to be as prominent or is this, it's just set up this way? I think it's 
both in the fact that I, where I got discouraged in the sports industry, and I think sports is no different than maybe other industries where it's male dominated in the fact that it's glamorous on the outside looking in. So a lot of people are clamoring to get in, which is why the, the wage is grossly not there. I think people are willing to sacrifice their lifestyle their livelihood just to say that they work in sports. Um, and, and obviously there are people that, that do make money, but it's so unbalanced, uh, you know, generally speaking, that whether it's for men or women, I, I feel like there's really no middle class when it comes to uh, being in the sports industry. So either you're kind of making paycheck by paycheck or there's the executives that are making a lot of money. And I think specifically when it comes to women, I could speak about my own situation was that, um, and, and not to single out, you know, Fox in any sort of way, because I don't think it was a Fox issue. I think that there was wage disparity and with my male counterparts and, and, and feeling that my responsibilities were continuing to increase, but yet I wasn't getting the, the financial component um, associated with that or the value. I think in this new era of, you know, the women's movement, I think there is a lot more focus on, you know, gender equity, wage disparity, you know, how do we fix that across all the industries? And I would hope that sports would um, be able to keep up with the pace in some capacity. Do I think that it will in the short term? Probably not. But yeah. I do see you see that the the women's soccer team, you know, exactly. them going through the lawsuit. And I think bringing highlighting it and bringing things to focus can only force industries to change. And in the long in the long run, I would I would hope so. But um, I don't know if I feel fully confident in the short term. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think it's that you mentioned the women's soccer team, and that's something I've been paying attention to. And it it is such a striking difference because they have been winning, and yet they're grossly underpaid compared to their male counterparts. So, But I think you're right. It all starts from this conversation and visibility point, and I think it's going to take a long time to actually see uh, changes happen, but it will be interesting to see the the journey along the way. Yeah, 100%. And I think sports is such a great platform and um, to really help make those changes and bring awareness because they are, a lot of the athletes are role models. And so if, if there's one industry that can kind of help, uh, you know, use it as a platform, I think sports can definitely do that. And I can say for my own personal, you know, journey and career, I'm happy to kind of be a fan again, because that's what I was missing in my career was that I think people lose sight of the fact that it, it felt like a grind. It was exciting going to these games, but at some point it just really wore off and I really wasn't a fan anymore. And I started to resent sports and watching sports. And I was like, that gave me so much joy. I want that back in my life. So, and yeah, I agree. I think it's the industry is going to need to change. And I think as the media industry has grossly shifted in the last five to six years, uh, you know, not just from a sports media side, but just obviously from a whole industry, as we saw last week, the Disney Fox merger coming to a close or being completed, I should say, sports is going to have to change. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's it's going to be interesting. And I love that you say that now you can be a fan again, because I think that makes such the difference, and especially if it was something that you loved from the beginning. I mean, certainly, I think there's a lot of us that get into careers that are things that we love. And then we get in the middle and we're like, oh, my gosh, now I hate this. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. want to be a part of this. So being able to have that pleasure again from just enjoying it as a, as a hobby or a spectator sport, I think is is really important. It's important for for mindset and balance, too. 100%. I always say I'd rather now be on the other side where I can afford to have the experiences at the games that I want to be at versus being, you know, being there because I had to work and really not getting the experience as a fan. Yeah, yeah, right on. Well, I know another topic that is really dear to you is developing a healthy money mindset. And this is certainly a topic that I've been going all in on and really wanting to help each and every listener of this podcast to, to get in a better mindset because I think it is so, I don't think, I know it is so powerful and impactful over their finances, over their entire life. I, I really do believe it is it is a key to success. But I'd love to know your thoughts. What do you think are some keys to developing this healthy mindset? Is there anything that we're that we're getting wrong in our attempts? I think we're so saturated with so much information, so easy to Google something um, or to get someone else's opinion. I think we're almost paralyzed to with so much information, especially when it comes to our financial lives. I think keeping a healthy mindset is, in, in like in any area of our life, it's Making sure that whatever is disabling in our lives, how do we shift that into an empowering relationship? And money is power. Money is just really a tool that gives you the options and flexibility, the things that the things that you want to be able to accomplish in life. And I think what's so important, especially when when in talking with people, and specifically also, you know, I think sometimes women is that we're we're we tend to be the nurturers and we tend to be really hard on ourselves. I know that I am. I have to practice a healthy mindset on a day to day basis because if it's not about my fi- my own financial life, if there's some other area of my life that I'm probably my inner voice is beating myself up again, you know, about. So I think when it comes to finances, it's really you hear those the common phrases I hear is like, oh, money just, it just, I don't get it. Or I, it's just too hard. I can't figure it out. I'm so awful at money. And I think when we tell, when we say these messages to ourselves, it makes it feel more complicated than anything. And because we are drinking from a fire hose with so much information, that a lot of information is catered to the masses. It's not really narrowed education that it just feels more and more overwhelming. So I think it is important to keep a healthy mindset and to understand how do you typically make decisions? Right. What is what is the way that you make decisions? How do you how do you like to absorb or digest information so you can either build the resources around you, whether that is partnering with an advisor or, you know, a a, a coach, a money coach, whatever it may be to help give you the right education um, and have an abundance mindset. Because when we don't have that abundance mindset, then money is going to elude us. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. 
I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. 
Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. hop back into our interview with Renee. And we're going to do something a little bit different today. As you know, we just wrapped up our first money game plan challenge and we had Morty on board as a sponsor there to help fund goals of the participants. And there were three participants who are getting their goals funded. One is getting a thousand bucks, one's getting 500 bucks, and one's getting 200 bucks. So I wanted to just jump in and talk to Brian from Morty and thank him so much for being on board for this awesome money game plan challenge. So first, Brian, I just want to thank you and Morty so much for sponsoring the Fund My Goal portion of the Money Game Plan Challenge. I mean, we had over 200 people in the challenge and saw so many awesome goals and people making changes. So I just first want to say thank you guys so much for being involved with this. It was our pleasure. And thank you for, you know, just letting us be a part of it. It's, um, you know, it's always special for us to get to know the people a little bit better and, you know, really see good planning and hard work in action. And, uh, you know, really, you know, just watch people uh, get a hold of their finances and, and make things better. Yeah, that's absolutely the message. And I think what I loved about the Money Game Plan Challenge, and I think what I heard from the people that participated was they love the idea of picking 
one goal. So we had one goal for 30 days. And I think it's almost counterintuitive because we live in this place where it's it's like, gosh, we got so many things we want to do. But when you really focus and hone in on one goal, whether that's just to get in a better relationship with your money or that's you want to save for a down payment to buy your house or you want to pay off debt, whatever it is, it really helps you sort of laser in on that. And I'd, I'd love to know from you, you know, why do you think setting goals is so important to your financial success? Like, what do you think it is about one goal that really helps supercharge it for people? Yeah, I think for for me and and what we see is you know just just making things simple and you know just not looking at it as this you know mountain of debt or this just kind of you know so far off unrealistic challenge of you know being debt free or accomplishing something specific around saving. You know, you just have to break off bite-sized chunks and do it little by little and, you know, really just make it a part of your daily life. And, you know, people who can master that are the ones we see, you know, really accomplishing, uh, you know, the big picture one goal at a time. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. And what what kind of advice or tips would you give? I mean, you run a business, Morty, and you know you have to make a million different decisions every day. And whether somebody's running a business or they just want to achieve something small, what sort of tips or advice would you give to those people in particular that were in the challenge that want to keep moving towards these goals, especially if they have big goals? Is there any food for thought or ways that maybe they should approach this? So, you know, the common theme here at Morty is educate yourself. You know, it's not enough to listen to experts or, uh, you know, have a trusted advisor. Maybe he's a family friend. Maybe he's, uh, you know, quote, your, your dad's guy. But there's, <laughs> there's just never any, any substitute for educating yourself and empowering yourself to, to kind of own, own your own universe and, and own your finances. And in the world we live in today, there's so many tools and, and um, you know, apps and, and, you know, technologies to help you master this. And so, you know, just kind of uh, sifting through all the noise using what is available to you and, and really just, you know, be your own expert. That is, that's really where it starts. And from there, you know, shop around, get, um, you know, multiple different uh, offers for savings accounts, um, you know, debt repayment plans. There are more tools and resources than, you know, really uh, you can make sense of, but more than ever. And so embrace the now and and take advantage of uh, everything that, that is out there today. Yeah, that's great too. I think shopping around is is especially important. And you mentioned one of my very favorite words, which is empower, which is something that we really wanted to do through this challenge was empower people and hopefully give them some tools or some guidance that could help make these goals feel more approachable. And I know as part of the Money Game Plan Challenge, we had this Fund My Goal component that Morty sponsored. And we won't announce the winners here uh, on this on this little episode, but we what? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but it's exciting. We were able to give one winner a thousand dollars, one winner five hundred, and one winner two hundred. And I don't know about you, but 
I would be super happy if I had an extra thousand dollars to go towards my goals. So I think it's it's awesome because what we heard from these people was that they felt empowered and that they were able to share their stories with us. And I think that just I mean, I don't know about you, but that just makes me feel so excited that we're able to do that and we're able to help these people get closer to their goals. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's like I've spent my whole life in in an aspect of finance and, you know, sitting here today just kind of reflecting on all the great plans and, and all the all the people that uh, we heard from. It's like I learned things. I, I learned a ton of things. And, and I, I left, you know, kind of uh, each, uh, whether it be a response or, or even a video, feeling empowered myself. And I was like, you know, we can, we can all do this. And, and there are a lot of people out there with uh, similar experiences. And so sharing and, and talking about it and, and, you know, credit to you and, and how you help people, uh, you know, voice what they're going through. It's just, um, it's a game changer. Oh, thanks so much. I love I love the use of Game Changer. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, so as we wrap up, just for listeners who didn't hear our previous episode that we did on Morty, I'd love if you could give us just the cliff note version of, of what Morty is all about and how listeners can connect with Morty when they're shopping for their home. I would love to. So at simple form, Morty is an online mortgage broker. We are... Um, your trusted advisor, your your guide to finding all the best mortgage options, all the the right products and and prices that fit your specific needs. We are specifically jazzed around helping first-time home buyers accomplish that exciting dream of becoming a home buyer. And the great part about what we offer is, you know, as an unbiased platform, we're completely free. There's no uh, sales jargon or no pushy middlemen. You sign up, you can complete your profile, and you know, right at uh, the click of a button, you can see mortgage options and and you can integrate uh, A to Z all the way from the first click to when you turn those keys and uh, walk into your new home. And you talked about really leaving the sports world to find something where you can make an impact. And I know that you found yourself in the financial world, much like myself. I'd love to know a little bit about that journey. Like, How did you go from trading in sports for finance? Was that kind of a logical progression for you? Or was that something where you really had to do some some soul searching? I had to do some soul searching. I think I was looking at a place in when I was... Uh, it, it, at that point in my career, I had... Um, or not even in my career, just in my life. I had just turned 31. I was maybe feeling a little frustrated in the role that I was in. Um, I didn't feel like I was growing. And well, actually, I felt I was growing. My responsibilities were increasing. I just wasn't getting the pay associated with that. And I realized then, realized now, what I didn't understand then was that I really didn't know how to advocate for myself. And I, I knew my value, but I don't know if I knew how to communicate that value. Wow. And then additionally, I was going through a big breakup at 31. So it was just like in these, these this milestone you know, age where I felt like I wasn't able to check boxes off in my life that I think generationally we were told as women, like you're supposed to be doing this and this and this. And so it, it, it kind of forced me into do some soul searching because I felt very unsettled in my life. And as I looked at what my skill set was, I was like, I have a really valuable skill set, 
is it the industry? Is it the company? What are what's making me feel really unsettled or really purposeless and disconnected in this present moment professionally? And that's really when I started talking to a career coach because I don't know if I was able to pull all of that out for myself in a very unbiased, objective view. Additionally, when I started talking to friends and family, I feel like they they had they were pigeonholing me into what I was. So I really wanted to talk to someone completely with an objective vantage point. And I think through those conversations is what helped pull out what my skill set was, which was, you know, I love relationships. I love, you know, helping going from point A to point Z, understanding a goal, understanding where, what is the purpose of someone's journey, and then attaching or creating a plan around that. So in my, what I did, what I did at Fox was I would work with, I did a lot of strategic partnerships and sponsorships and the financial component to it was reconciling the budget. So I was always working, I always had the, the financial component to, to my, my, my roles there. But I think the bigger piece of it was working with sponsors, understanding what was their objective with their brand and then leveraging Fox's assets to put together a, a cohesive and comprehensive marketing plan. So now when I take a step back, that's what I'm doing in pe- for people just in their financial life. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I also love saying that sometimes your friends and families pigeonhole you because I've had that experience myself. So I'd love if you could just go into maybe a little bit about what did you do with a career coach and how did they help you figure out what matches up best with your skills? Great question. So, I mean, I think in talking with the with the career coach, I was able to pull out what my skill set was at that age and at, at that at that phase of my life differently than you know when I first get a, first got out of school or while I was in school. And I think you know you brought up the point earlier. It's, you know, we go to college and we, we're we're kind of having to pick this major. Do we know what we want to really do for the rest of our lives, or we don't? We have no idea how we're going to personally evolve. So we, our career, our journeys aren't linear. So I think that it was helpful to understand what my skill set was and really attach that to what is it that I valued in a career. It had nothing to do with industry. It, it, the financial component didn't even come out of it. It was more of here's my skill set. This is what I want from a career. This is how I want to show up in the world professionally. I think the financial component to it was one, when we had the conversations on what my my relationship was with, with money. Yeah. And my father was a CFO in his career. So we always had the money conversation in my household. I had awareness. I had the education. But like most children, probably, as my dad would say things, I probably went in one ear and out the other. And I kind of absorbed some of it, you know. And it wasn't until later on where I was in this place in my life where I realized that I wasn't in my best financial uh, situation because I wasn't really making a ton of money in my career. I was in my early 30s and probably just making $100,000 living in Los Angeles is hard. And I, other than putting money into my 401k, I spent, I didn't really have savings. I ebb and flowed with, with cash savings. And I think it was about my relationship with money and what I wasn't doing and 
and feeling really unsettled that I couldn't give myself these options because financially I wasn't prepared to, and not that I was supposed to be financially secure. So I think that we had those conversations. That's really where, when I said I was looking to empower myself and I really tried to educate myself and find the right support that I needed so I can be in a better financial situation. That's where it kind of was born of me going into this, into this, uh, into the financial service and really helping other people like myself is where it was the aha moment. Like, Oh wait, I want to make an impact. I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to build long-term relationships with people. I like to nurture those relationships and I want to, and the bonus is being able to help them around a topic that can feel so overwhelming and confusing. Exactly. I think those are all the reasons why why I love doing this as well. And speaking of that, I would love to know your thoughts. You know, we're in a crazy economic climate, if you will. You know, we have a lot of people with high student loan debt. We still have relatively low wage growth. We have this huge wealth gap in the U.S. that's getting wider and wider. What do you think are some of the keys to building a strong money foundation with the kind of hardships that are up against us. If you're, if you go back to your, your 30 some odd year old self, you know, what are some of those, those strong moves that you could make that would really help you build a foundation regardless of what income you make? Great question. I will, I think the, the, the foundation for anyone is one awareness and empowerment around what's coming in and what's going out the door. I know most people hate that word budget or they may feel fearful of that word because uh, it, it just can feel overwhelming in the fact you're not really sure where money's going, especially living in this digital world that we're living in where it's very easy to connect, you know, your bills on the auto pay. Yeah. And or just wipe your debit card or your credit card and then just kind of look at the statement and just say, okay, let me see the damage. But I think it's really empowering to understand, do you know what you make on a month-to-month basis? Do you know your salary? There's so many times that people have no idea even what their gross salary or know the difference between gross and net. So I think it's really understanding what, how much money do you make? What are you bringing home each month? And what are your expenses? And coming up with a monthly cash flow. So if the word budget is not your thing, then to be empowered by what is your cash flow because that is really where it all starts. And from there, understand, okay, are you, if you're working in the corporate sector, do you have a 401k with work? Do you know if the the employer matches? And to just make sure that you're taking the basic steps to be empowered and to be the owner of your own financial life versus being in the backseat. Because that's what I find a lot of people do is that they kind of just belong for the ride without really, without even knowing what's going on and what kind of benefits they have through their employer or what they're bringing home on a month-to-month basis. For sure. And I think that empowerment is key and, and that awareness is key. It's, it's, I mean, you can, uh, I tell people all the time, you can find money in your bank account and people argue with me. No, I can't. I'm living paycheck to paycheck or I know I make a lot of money, but there's still nothing left at the end of the month. But there is always an opportunity. It may be a small opportunity, but I really think it comes from that place of feeling empowered that this is my money. This is what's in my bank account. So let me, 
use it the you know the best way possible and make wise decisions i think we always think we've got to make double our income or we got to make 100,000 or 200,000 or whatever that number that next number is in order to to make change and then i think we also always think that we have to be super sophisticated so we have to be buying stock or we have to do really complex things to build a strong money foundation when the basic stuff is really some of the most important stuff. And if you can spend time really honing, quote unquote, the basics that aren't basic, like you can excel more than you can ever imagine. And I know this only because I've seen this with people. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think that it's having the basic structure down, then it's about what is your particular situation where you're going to take it to a higher level and take it to the, to, to make sure that it's working for you relative to what is your goals, your objectives and your particular situation versus, you know, kind of drinking from the fire. I always say it's drinking from the fire hose when we're Googling what, what we should do because you, we're both financial professionals. And if we're either talking to the audience today or writing articles on any sort of publication, we, we all know that the, everyone's situation is different. So we're purposely catering the information to, to the masses. So I think it's important for people to have those basics and then also that is their launching pad to be able to take it to the next level. Um, and to your point that you can always find money and sometimes it's about how do you shift things into, you know, shift things around. And it's really about the balance that sometimes you don't see for yourself that someone that, uh, that, you know, someone who is a professional can see for you. A lot of times I see a lot of people that are spending, you know, um, way too much on paying down debt or whether it is their student loans, whether that's credit card debt or student loan debt, like have they looked into refining their student loans? Do they know the difference of subsidized, unsubsidized, private or, or federal? And, you know, can they refi so they can kind of find some money back into their budget and maybe putting that towards something else? Um, or paying, you know, paying down credit cards with high interest rates. Like, can we consolidate that? Can we, should we take a personal loan? Can we, do we have the offers to balance, you know, to do a balance transfer? A lot of the times, you know, I will help to your point, find, find money because, and without having to create more income. Such good points. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, we've covered so many amazing things, but I'd love to know if you could leave the listeners with one tip about following their own calling, exactly like you've done your move from sports into finance so that you can make an impact, even how to figure out what maybe your calling is. What would you say? I would say not to be fearful of change and evolving because our journeys are not linear. Um, I see it more and more every day is that people are, we, we all are, we all are at a crossroads in some, in some way. And I think what holds us back is the fear of change. And I think it is also important to be, be proactive with your skills that understand your skill set, understand how you're evolving and, and do those self checks with yourself um, and not be afraid to take risk and evolve. Yes. Such great advice. Well, Renee, tell the listeners where they could find you and where they can connect with you. My website is my first name, R-E-N-E-E-C-O-H-E-N.nm.com. And they can always reach out. My cell phone is 
310-402-3100. I live and die by my phone and I will always answer um, a text or a call. And then my email is uh, renee.cohen at nm.com. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free, and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora.